You're listening to Fake Believe, the podcast that gets some things right about conspiracies, cults, and cryptids. Hi, welcome to Fake Believe. I'm Stacy, and I just parachuted in here. It was really cool. You should have seen it. And I'm Rachel, and I'm 100% human, 0% lizard. <laughs> Thanks for that. You're welcome. I just wanted to clarify. Oh, oh okay. Okay, good. Because I, I know there was some question earlier, mm-hmm. but we know now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do with your parachute once you're done with it? Oh, uh, I just kind of had to fold it up. I'll do. I'll deal with it later. Oh, okay. To... <laughs> did you ever? Did you ever wear parachute pants? N- no, Rachel. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a dinosaur. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I couldn't think of anything else to say. I had to go for the insult. <laughs> Ouch. I'm never going to recover. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to curl up here with my parachute pants. Wait, did you actually wear parachute pants? So I did wear parachute pants, but only once, and it was for a church play. Oh, see, I don't count that then. You shouldn't take any offense to me calling people that wear those a dinosaur. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, I guess... We'll parachute into a different kind of segue here. Nice. Oh, wow. Wow. Ooh. That's beautiful. It's not. It's okay. That's I, that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here for transitions. <laughs> I'm here to tell the truth. The truth about what? Oh, well, take a listen. Roughly 65% of the planet has been undiscovered. This is a fact that we have all accepted and has not been cause for alarm. However... What if I were to tell you that we may be wrong in that estimate? Truly, the 35% of discovered Earth is literally just the surface. What is below the surface of this planet? Precious science would tell you that we can't dig to the center of the Earth because there is an intense core of mostly iron that would melt our digging apparatus before we could even get close. What a convenient tale to discourage us from uncovering the truth of the hollow earth. Oh, magma. (laughs) (laughs) What? I think is is that from, um, you know, the guy from the 60s who wants to do something for a million dollars, Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil? Austin Powers? Yes. Magma. Does that come from that? Magma. Why am I thinking magma? It might come from, it sounds like like it would. uh, But speaking of Austin Powers, I have to tell you that it took me longer than I'd like to admit to realize that Austin Powers and Dr. Evil were the same person. Played by the same person. (laughs) Oh, Mm -hmm. that's okay. That's okay. Mike Myers is a really talented actor. (laughs) <laughs> he just disappears into the role. <laughs> he does, like in Meryl Streep. Also, to be fair, I've never seen one of them all the way through. So, like, it just wasn't something that, like, I ever thought about before. And then one day I actually thought about it and I was like, oh, my God. And it was, like, life-changing for me. <laughs> like, it was such a pivotal moment that I was like, there's times where I just don't think about things <laughs> and don't make connections. <laughs> it's something that's so obvious. Like the hollow earth. Uh- Oh. Okay, I'm getting into it now. Yeah. I can do segues, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. So I'll be honest, I know nothing about this, although I do suspect. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure you're just going to – you're going to make things clear for me that I've always wondered about and had questions about, and you have the answers. I hope so. I mean, depending on what kind of questions that you have. Um, so the fun thing is with the hollow earth theory, it – 
can branch off into a ton of others. Um, and I kind of explain a little bit of that later on as, as we get into it. So I'm going to just explain the hollow earth theory itself to kind of lay the framework so that later on we could talk about maybe why it's being hidden or what's underneath or, you know, anything like that. Okay. So before I tell you guys about the actual um, science behind the <laughs> hollow earth theory, let's see what precious science has to say about the accepted theory of the center of our planet. Okay. We were all taught that we inhabit the continental crust. So that's the dirt. That's what we walk upon. That's everything that, that we can see. Beneath the crust is the mantle, the outer core, and then the inner core. The mantle is approximately 1,800 miles thick and made of a number of minerals. After you have passed the mantle, you'll reach the liquid outer core. Within mm. the outer core is mostly metal. Most commonly, iron and nickel make up the outer core, but you could find siderophiles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said that just like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I wish that uh, your grandma was still here for me to talk to her about this because she was a really brilliant geologist. She was. But unfortunately, um, Zach won't let me use a Ouija board anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, those are elements that dissolve in iron. Um, that's, that's what a siderophile is. But some siderophiles mm. are known as Precious metals. <laughs> oh, precious metals. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, and they include cobalt, platinum, and of course, gold. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm, I'm kind of dropping some hints here as to some other things that we may or may not have talked about. Um, you know, precious gold. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't disintegrated yet from the sun-like temperatures, next you'll find the inner core. Not necessarily a liquid, not necessarily molten. The inner core is more of a plasma state that behaves as a solid. This is due to the pressure from the rest of the planet and the entire atmosphere, which prevents it from melting. So that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It's like this ball of just like melted iron and it's like it's still somewhat fluid. But it's solid, too, because it's all, like, condensed and pressed. Like, neat. It, it kind of makes me think of, like, an egg. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Okay. Like so an egg yolk. I'm thinking, like, so the the accepted theory of it is that it's, like, a Cadbury cream egg. But the reality is it's one of those hollow chocolate bunnies. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> good, good catch, Rachel. Thank you. So – now that we've got that out of the way, <laughs> let's hear a bit more about what the hollow earth theory has to offer. I hope it's chocolate. I don't think there is. Then what are we doing here, Stacy? I'm just trying to tell you the truth. They are coming up from the depths to steal our chocolate. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> so a little behind the scenes here for our listeners. The rest of how this episode is going to go is I'm basically going to be breaking this down somewhat chronologically and mostly, you know, somewhat categorically. So we're going to talk about the different characters, as I call them, of the hollow earth theory. So these are all of the key contributors to this theory over time. 
they kind of build off of each other. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start talking about one person and then that'll start to lead me into other people. Um, sometimes they kind of goes um, in tandem with one, one another. But for the most part, this is how we get to modern Hollow Earth theory. So we're going to start out with the very beginning okay. and go to the modern. Okay. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. This is This is fun. So, <laughs> are you excited? Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> are things going to make too much sense? Oh, oh my gosh. Way too much sense. <laughs> First of all, we're going to start with Edmund Haley. Kind of a scientific celebrity. You may know Haley from such scientific discoveries as Haley's Comet. <gasps> I do know him from that. Yeah. Which you is know, not the same as Hal Bop. Correct. They're different. Hale-bop. Hale-bop. Yeah, Hale-bop was a uh, Heaven's Gate one. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this is Haley's comment. Every As I was writing this out, there was this, like, song in, like, I think, I want to say early 2000s. might have been 2010s, but it's like, I just saw Haley's comment shooting. And, like, that was just all in my head the whole time. It's like, <laughs> I'm sorry I missed that, Gem. It, that doesn't sound familiar to me. It's not that great. But, like, because later on it's like, tell my mother, tell my father, I've done the best I can. Not ringing any bells yet? No. Okay. Well, that's, uh, yeah, okay. Is It, it sounds Oof. like Firehouse or, like, you know, the people who sang that Superman song? Not Kryptonite, right? Because mm. that was someone different. No, the... Would if I should say you kiss on me, Superman? Nope, not even no, that yeah, one. That's that's not, that's not But that's not who I was thinking that's of. That's tonight. No. Yeah. I <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. Shine down. That's what it is. Second chance. Shine Wait. down. Wait. Okay. Yeah. No. The artist is Shine Down, and the song is called Second Chance. Okay. Everybody, listen to that right now. Right now. Summer's over. It's Shine Down Fall. There we go. We're replacing pumpkin spice with shine down. Get on board. Yeah. <laughs> no, but this was, that was that just kept going through my head the entire time, and I was like, I don't even like this song, but it's like ingrained. <laughs> um, and then also when I was doing my, uh, you might know <laughs> Haley from Sus. I was doing like the Simpsons bit where it's like, Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may know me from such films as I'm like crazy off the wall films, but. <laughs> So I, I wasn't that caught on to that. I stopped watching The Simpsons in like the sixth grade. Oh, oh well. No. I was <laughs> behind the times or ahead I, of them. I mean, no, you're not behind the times because both of these references are outdated too. So like, <laughs> it's not, it's not that bad. Anyway, all of this to say, <laughs> Haley was the first person to use precious science to suggest that the Earth is hollow. So <gasps> here's where we have somebody on our side. Yeah. Did you tell me the year? And I just forgot? No, I haven't said it yet. It was like 1600s. Haley was a brainiac with notable titles like mathematician, astronomer, physicist, geophysicist, and meteorologist. And rock sniffer. Oh, yeah, of course. It's kind of tied up with the last two. Yeah. He also ran in the same crowds as a little someone known as Sir Isaac Newton. That guy. The gravity guy. <laughs> <laughs> So if this guy is saying that the Earth is hollow, do those who debunk this theory with Prussian science really need more proof? No. Yes. Exactly. 
No. I mean, I'll still give him more proof. Okay. (laughs) Um, Haley first developed this theory in 1692, asserting that the Earth in which we live is really just a shell that is about 500 miles thick. A shell? Yeah. Like an egg. But a (laughs) hollow egg. egg. Like a Fabergé egg. I don't even know if they're hollow or not. I don't know. But (laughs) we're kind of taking the whole... uh, Earth is an egg thing to the extreme as when as if like you would were to crack an egg, but then there was another egg inside. Ugh. Really, what this is saying <laughs> is beneath the outer shells were two additional concentric <gasps> shells, which would mean like Russian nesting dolls, all leading to the innermost core. Like an onion. Yeah, more of an onion. Little Russian nesting doll kind of thing. So basically, each shell was separated by its own atmosphere, magnetic poles, and even its own rotation. So it's like mini Earths inside the Earth. It's magical. No, it's science. It's scientific. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got you on this one, guys. <laughs> Nothing to d- dispute here. No. Okay, why did Haley believe this? Well, because sometimes his compass would act weird. Yeah, so there. that's a good reason. Yeah, if compasses are based on the magnetic pull of the Earth, mm-hmm. it acts funky. It's probably picking up the magnetic pull from other shells, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. So based on what they knew about the gravitational pull of the sun, moon, and Earth, it all just made sense. Based on what I know about all of that, it also makes sense. Yeah, it almost makes too much sense. <laughs> Furthermore, the hollow earth theory explains the aurora borealis. Mm. Well, I will say that whenever I hear that word, aurora borealis, I think mm. areola. Oh. And so, and I also know that areola isn't only nipple, it's also like uh, like parts of your eye is called. like oh. Because it's anything that kind of shoots out like not let your nipples shoot out they don't (laughs) they're not supposed to (laughs) oh no (laughs) what is that what you were parachuting in (laughs) don't break up my nipples and parachuting rachel (laughs) i just parachute sometimes okay sorry i'm sorry okay okay i thought we were looking for the truth we don't have to tell everybody the truth of everything (laughs) okay it's called HIPAA. Look it up. <laughs> okay. So, sure, today, naive people think it's a phenomenon caused by the collision of nitrogen and oxygen molecules in the upper atmosphere that excites them, and as they calm down, they release light. But there's more to it. So that doesn't make any sense. Come on. No, no, no. Well, but... They say when telling a convincing lie, you have to include some truth. Ah, so okay. the real reason we see the aurora borealis is because the inner shell's atmospheres have luminous atmospheres with gas particles that escape into our atmosphere. And then they're affected by the magnetic poles somehow. Mm-hmm. Simple. Aurora borealis. So, Are you accepting questions? <laughs> um... We'll see. What's your question? <laughs> uh, Is it, how am I such a genius for figuring this out? I'm glad that you asked. Well, <laughs> I'm really good at Googling things. <laughs> yeah. But so it is still 
the gas particles, but it's not oh. just a, a natural occurrence. It's coming from these other um, atmospheres. Okay, these other atmospheres that are that are within the hollow earth. Yes. Because it's the nesting doll. Yes. Hollow earth with atmospheres. Yeah. So you know inside. how there's there's space between nesting dolls because there mm-hmm. has to be. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it would just be solid. Mm-hmm. So the space in between, that's the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And that okay. the, the gas and the particles from that atmosphere are escaping. And causing your nipples to shoot. Yes. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this all makes... 100% sense, again, as always. It's what we're here for. Oh, yeah. The next person that we're going to talk about is John Cleve Sims Jr. Surprisingly, there are a few instances of people disagreeing with where some information was developed with this theory. <laughs> I am. I'm shocked. Okay. We'll get through this. Okay. <laughs> um, more specifically, from where the idea of each shell having its own sun came. So this is another part of the hollow earth theory. In some cases, people have said it, well, it was it was theorized by Haley that it had its own sun, like it, all of them had their own suns and their own ecosystems and could possibly be inhabitable. But the so most places that you'll read will credit the actual like assertion of yes, hollow earth is a thing and there are suns. To Leonard Euler and Sir John Leslie. I had a guinea pig named Leonard. <laughs> well, this one, it's like, it's spelled with an H. It's like Leon Hard, which is fun. And like these two people, they, they come from different centuries even. So it's, it's, it's hard to determine exactly who said it first. But that's not really important. What is important is that Haley's model of the hollow earth inspired Sims to publish Circular Number 1, in which he literally declared the earth to be hollow. So he did it. He's, he, he doubled down. He committed. Yes. In his peer-reviewed essays, he said. Yeah. Or I think this was just in a newspaper. Okay. Well, they did science a little differently back then. Yeah. Um, not like today where everything is vetted mm-hmm. uh, before it goes out to the masses. Of course. So I feel like though with everyone having a son, um, an S-U-N son, I feel like there's a space issue. And I don't know geometry, so I'm not good with shapes or 3D shapes such as spheres. But mm-hmm. I do believe that our sun is much bigger than our Earth. Well, that's because you s- – are subscribing to an archaic way of thinking. Rachel. Ah, <laughs> I need to modernize my thoughts. Yeah. So, okay. it, you know, the sun is just, it's there. Like, we think that it's this big thing. Again, oh. it's trying to keep us from from going into space. Okay. So, I'm sorry. I'm going to just... All right. That was me destroying everything I ever knew about the solar system. Blank Great. slate for you to fill, Stacy. I'm I'm so glad that you did that. Uh, listeners, if you could also, then that would be great. <laughs> so, um, fun fact, uh, this was written uh, in a St. Louis journal, and um, it, it said, like, the territory of Missouri. So it was, like, before Missouri and St. Louis was, like, a thing, this was written in a newspaper that was distributed around there. So I thought that was pretty neat. <laughs> that is pretty neat. Because so I'm the way Missouri famous. people are has been uh, it's been that way for a long time. Is what I'm hearing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
We'll leave it at that. You know, curious about like where oh, yeah. it's going on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> they like eggs. <laughs> yeah, really like <laughs> eggs. <laughs> um, so this is verbatim from his writing. I declare the Earth is hollow and habitable within, containing a number of solid concentric spheres, one within the other, and that it is open at the poles 12 or 16 degrees. I pledge my life in support of this truth, and I am ready to explore the hollow if the world will support and aid me in the undertaking. So I had a lot of weird pauses there because I was reading, you know, in older English kind of thing where they put in a lot of weird punctuation. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I do apologize for that. But uh, just to, you know, imagine you're actually reading that in the newspaper at the time. You would probably be just as confused. Um, but to sum up, Sims is claiming that we can actually access these other worlds by points on the North and South Poles. We got to go. And yeah, and he totally believes in this, and he's, like, basically creating uh, an old GoFundMe <laughs> to go <laughs> see the center of the Earth. He was crowdsourcing his Hollow Earth expedition. Yeah. Genius. So, um, Sim's main contribution to the Hollow Earth theory is known as, I know you're about to laugh, <laughs> Sim's Holes. <laughs> Why is anything with holes in it so funny? I don't know. I just, I as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Unpredictable. I know. I It's to be, because you think it's anus. That's why it's funny. And anus Right, it's like his hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sims holes. <laughs> You're such a Sims hole. <laughs> but, yeah. So, um, Sims' declaration included asking people to help fund an expedition to the polls to find the access points to the other shells. So so you're saying he wanted help to access the Sims holes. Yep. Mm-hmm. By going to the poles. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Stripper. Gotcha. Stripper. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Um, you know, the Aurora Borealis thing, kind of going back to that, um, the way that the, the gas is coming out is through these holes. And that's why you see it in uh, North and South Poles. Oh. So that's All where right. it's coming from. I'm on board. Yeah. Almost makes too much sense, yeah. right? Yeah. Aside from the access points, Sims aimed to prove that they would find a subterranean planet that would be, quote, stocked with thrifty vegetables and animals, if not men, end quote. What? what? Oh, what? Animals, vegetables, and men? Yeah. It's a rain and men. <laughs> Hallelujah. They're under the earth. <laughs> ultimately sims believe the entire universe is hollow so no wait no see now that i just had it's confusing right yeah Yeah. so i totally see where it can be confusing okay but it's in in a sense feeling like okay what we know as the universe is just Mm -hmm. hollow and so but aren't we in the universe yeah Uh but it's just like it's just like a hollow space Okay. That's, I mean, it's it's kind of a like a um, reductive way of thinking about outer space. Like, it's the unknown. It's just it's space. There's yeah. just area. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So it's the beyond. Yeah. Of the bed, bath, and 
beyond. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> of the bed and the bath. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but so basically like taking the entire universe and then putting it within. Another universe? It, within our our planet. So what we see as like a whole universe, uh-huh. they would also see as like a universe. So are we in a planet? Do you think like do you think do you think that we're in another planet that we're not in the outer edge of well, this we're not the outside russian doll we'll get into that okay the way that sims believes that no we are the outermost and then there's just the vast space okay all right <laughs> um in 1822 sims and his supporters actually received enough attention that congress voted on funding the expedition I would like to receive enough attention to. I would just like to receive something. attention. So <laughs> I started a podcast. <laughs> uh, so unfortunately, the grant was denied. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know. Who could have seen that coming? And Sims never got the chance to explore his theory. Gee, I wonder what they were hiding. I wonder too. Mm-hmm. Maybe Shinedown will write a song about it. Maybe they will. Maybe they or did already. They'll write a song about Sims. <gasps> That is our Sims holes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Guess what? Chicken we butt. have a hollow earth cult too. Yeah. This episode has everything. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about Cyrus Teed, a natural healer and future cult leader. <laughs> Teed Uno reversed Sims theories. <laughs> this led to Teed's theory of, quote, cellular cosmology, end quote, as opposed to Sims' assertion that we are in the outer shell of the hollow earth. We are actually one of the inner shells, just like <gasps> what you're saying. Ah, uh, reverse and draw four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At least. <laughs> um, so... Whereas Sims thought we were the outside and then everything that we're seeing is, you know, hollowness, which, again, you can kind of say that regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, Teed is saying that what we're starting to discover as hollow Earth and, you know, more planets is that we can expand further. There's bigger things out there that we don't even know about. What we know of as stars are really just a similar phenomenon as the Northern Lights. We're seeing reflections of light from a solar mechanism from an outer shell. So, again, Uno reversing it. Instead of us seeing something from, you know, an inner shell, we're seeing something from an outer shell. That's the stars. Okay. So, like, you see a star and you think it's some ball of gas burning billions of miles away, (laughs) but it's actually just something (laughs) coming from an outer shell. According to Teed, okay? (laughs) And um, so I am going to say here, for whatever reason, this was enough to get Teed to start his own cult. I've started cults for less. Right. So this isn't necessarily all hollow earth thinking. It's just one of the ways that, you know, again, thinking about how maybe we aren't the outer shell. Maybe Maybe we're just the areola on a giant eyeball. (laughs) Exactly. A protruding eyeball. Um, <laughs> but uh, we may discuss this cult at another time, but this is all just to illustrate that people are really starting to accept these theories of the hollow earth. Okay. Oh, and there also didn't seem to be too much interesting information on it. Um, it was On the cult itself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was mostly that um, 
like as far as I know, it wasn't violent or anything, but um, he would just have followers and have this, you know, way of thinking, you know, cultish behavior and all mm-hmm. that. Um, so it's still harmful, but it's not um, necessarily anything that's like particularly noteworthy for this episode. So, mm-hmm. okay. Next, we're going to talk about Richard Bird. What? Don't, wait, 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 wait. No, I'm thinking Darren. Wait, is he the KKK guy? No. Oh, no, 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 not this guy. I forget who Richard Bird is. The name sounds familiar. Is he a drone? Richard Bird? I, well, here's the thing. It's spelled with a Y, so. Yeah, why does his name sound familiar? I know him, don't I? Not personally. Um, I don't know. Um, Like, he did have some controversy, but it was just like maybe he lied about making a trip. But I'm like, that's not We've all done that. That bad in the be- grand scheme of things. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. This is this is where things start to get pretty interesting, as if they weren't already. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 1946, Bird embarked on an expedition with the code name Operation High Jump. Nice, good code name. Mm-hmm. Um, this aimed to construct an American research and training facility in the South Pole. Ooh. Or so they would claim. Now, refresh my memory. South Pole is where the elves are, or that's North Pole? North Pole is where Santa's elves are. South Pole is penguins. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So another bird. Yes, exactly. That's mm-hmm. where you'll find a penguin is in the South Pole. And you may also find a Nazi, but I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that coming. No. This was to be the largest Antarctic expedition and was supposed to last six to eight months. During this time, Admiral Byrd was keeping notes in his diary. Hmm. Dear diary. He's sitting on his tummy, kicking his leg. Tried to pet a penguin today. Um, (laughs) Some of these entries were quite startling, and those were kept hidden for some time. I'm starting to find this penguin attractive. Okay, not that kind of startling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what disturbing information was kept from us? Nothing about falling in love with penguins. Um, well, for one, some claim that Operation High Jump was really a military front for finding secret Nazi bases, specifically Base 211 in Antarctica. Oh, so that makes sense because you'd have to jump real high. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay, honestly, though, uh, all of these operations, like, I think the whole point is for it to, like, not make sense. Or was it Heil Jump? Oh, God. Oh. It was not, but maybe that was their connection. <laughs> okay, okay. Whether or not Bird and his crew discovered secret Nazi base camps remains up for debate. But that's not even the end of the weirdness. Bird claimed to have met people from a lost civilization <gasps> called Agartha, an underground city. Like, were they regular people or were they like scaly people? Were they smooth ones? Um, <laughs> in this portion, they don't go into detail about exactly what they look like. Okay. But they came from... Yes. I'm assuming... Because there are other descriptions of the people that lived down there that are a little bit different. But for these, I'm assuming that they appeared to be smooth worms. (laughs) Worms. Ah! I said worm again because of those sounds to me. Smooth worms. (laughs) Um, Humans. Humanoid. Once again, it's it's one of those things of um, 
is it an illusion? What's going on? Um, but I'm just assuming that they looked human because he was able to approach them and talk with them. Um, and some are even saying that Nazis had already found them and were communicating with them. And that is how Bird and his crew were able to find um, this underground civilization. Wow. So they found the Nazis. And then when they found the Nazis, they found this underground civilization. I didn't even know Antarctica was involved in World War II. Yeah. I mean, there is like, there is some truth to this. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you mean some truth? (laughs) Well, some truth that the government accepts. Okay. You know, that's what I'm saying. I see. I see. Okay. So the government does also make claims, you know, in in history books also claim. So they didn't necessarily find anything down there, but there was interest by Nazi groups to go to Antarctica and search for things. Oh, okay. And so, I mean, because they were already going around like stealing artifacts and things like that. Like they were like obsessed with the Aryan race. And so like they were trying to find as many things as they could about it. So that's Mm -hmm. part of what led people to believe that Nazis were there anyway. According to his diary, Bird met with the city's leader called the Master. (laughs) I know. (laughs) This is allegedly what the master told Bird. Ready? Yeah. I don't think you are. Okay. (laughs) Our interest rightly begins just after your race exploded the first atomic bombs over Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Japan. Uh Uh-huh. It was that alarming time we sent our flying machines. The... (laughs) The... Flugelrads. No. No. (laughs) To your surface world to investigate what your race had done. You see, we have never interfered before in your race's wars and barbarity. But now we must, for you have learned to tamper with a certain power that is not for your man, mainly that of atomic energy. Our... Emissaries have already delivered messages to the power of your world, and yet they do not heed. Hmm. So we unearthed the flugelrad. Flugelrad? The the flugelrad <laughs> was their thing, and they came up in the flugelrad. We, we, we earned the flugelrad appearance. No, no, no they visited being, us via flugelrad. That's their vehicle. Yes, and we discovered like atomic energy and stuff like that that we weren't supposed to. And that's what to. warranted the Flugelrad visit. Yeah, whenever the US bombed Japan, they were underground. They were like, oh, what was that? What? The humans have atomic energy. They came up Flugelrad with the Flugelrads. Were like, don't tell me that these humans on this outer core <laughs> got a hold of nuclear energy. I can't. I can't with them. I swear to God. And then they came up and they're like, of course. Of course. These people Not would. just any humans. The Americans. Oh, yeah. We're such flugelrads. <laughs> it's so weird. So, yeah. Americans. We, we messed it up. But to be fair, there were other countries that were developing 
atomic energy. So yeah, we just messed it up for everybody. Um, (laughs) And again, what we're seeing here is that um, they were happy being underground and they consider themselves to be a more advanced species, a more advanced race. And they're fine chilling down there in, in the inner core. But once they realized what we were doing up here, they're like, oh, great, they're going to ruin everything for everyone. And we can't have this. So then they started coming up to the surface, and now they're trying to interfere, and we're just not listening, apparently. We're not. We, that's never been one of our strong suits. Wait, you and me personally or, like, humans? I mean humans, oh. um, but that would apply to both, really. Huh? Humans in general and then <laughs> us. <kidding>. So. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? what? I didn't re- What? Oh, what are we even talking humans, about? Humans and... <laughs> And, okay, anyways. Um, <laughs> further, the master also explained that there were tunnels leading to Agartha that could be found in places like the North-South Poles, Tibet, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. Oh. Neato, right? Yeah. <laughs> again, you know, we, we see pyramids again, and now it makes you think of maybe like Freemasons or Illuminati mm-hmm. or lizard people, mm-hmm. <laughs> things like that. Bird also claimed to have seen and was attacked by the UFO described by the master. So flugelrads uh, have attack modes? Yes. Wow. So, I mean, we have airplanes that have attack modes, too. Yeah. But this kind of aircraft is, you know, it's something else. It's technologically more advanced. Sure. (laughs) And it has a way dumber name. How dare you? That name is bringing me life. (laughs) I will trash this name all day. (laughs) Flugelrod. Flugelrod. Like, you would think Flugel rod. I don't know. That sounds better than flugel rad. No, it's like a it's like a radical. It's like it's disconnected from everything. It's floating like it. around all flugel like. <laughs> I'm not feeling it. Um Operation High Jump ended earlier than anticipated, and allegedly the US government told Byrd to stay quiet about his findings. Mm-hmm. All of this has been used as evidence for the hollow earth theory. Yeah. So the fact that uh, allegedly the U.S. government was like, dude, don't. Just don't talk about it anymore. You're done. Right. Like, they, if it weren't true, then they wouldn't care. They wouldn't try to stop it. Yeah, they'd be like, no, we have a duty to inform <laughs> our people and have their best interest in mind. So, of course, we're going to tell them. But, you know. So that's not totally closing the book on Burn, he does kind of pop up here and there. But now we're going to talk about Princely Lepore Trench. Yeah, Princely <laughs> Lepore. Yes. <laughs> Despite having an old-sounding title like Eighth Earl of Clancarty, Trench was an Irish peer who what? lived from 1911 to 1995. <gasps> oh, gosh. Yeah. Wait, you were born in 95. I was. And Dolly the Sheep was cloned. Yeah. Are you reincarnated? I don't think so. <laughs> what do you think you are? We'll talk about that later, I suppose. Yeah. No, I mean, I have my theories, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trench published his book, Secrets of the Ages, UFOs from Inside the Earth, in 1974. That expanded upon the alleged findings from Bird. Okay, I'm going to wrap myself out here. Quick side note. Um, I don't know why, but for some reason, I was reading... This as 1947 
when he wrote this book. And I was like, that is so weird. It came out the same year as Operation High Jump. And then I was like, it's 74, Stacey. Like, <laughs> oh, no. Way later than that. Oops. <laughs> so. Your brain Uno reversed you. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of this was derived from birds' findings, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but this really elaborates on it. So according to Trench, the lost continent of Atlantis was actually Agartha. Oh, yes. That makes total sense. Yeah. There we go. So that would also make sense as to why they were, like, humanoid and everything like that. And and they're like, we don't usually come up here, but, like, you're fucking shit up. So we have to do this because this was originally our home. Right. However you you perceive the the story of the Atlanteans is however you perceive it. But according to Trench, they're the Agarthians. Agarthans, I guess. Okay, cool. On top of that, they were the ones who constructed the tunnels from our world to theirs. So however Atlantis got down there, they did find a way back up, and they're the ones that constructed those tunnels that they told Bird about. Okay, the ones on the poles and in Giza. And Tibet. Tibet. Despite agreeing that the Earth is spherical, Trench posits that it is flattened at the poles. (laughs) <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> I mean, like, it's mostly spherical, but then there's, like, a flat top and a flat bottom. So, <laughs> Like a corn cob holder? Have you ever seen those sure. where you, like, jam them into each side so you can... Yeah, but... I guess those are also kind of circular. I'm not good with shapes. I'm not a geometrist. <laughs> a geometrist. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it's it's like um, you know, almost like like a cup or something, you know, like a round cup. It's it's flat on the bottom, so it'll stand up, and then it's it's flat on the top. Flip it over, it would also be able oh. to stand up. Oh, okay. Except it'd be closed. You know, it's it's kind of hard to visualize. It's hard to think of something like that. Like I I can think of some things, but I'm like, no, no, I don't no, know. Wait, I've got it. So what it's like is it's like the Earth, except if somebody had flattened the ends. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> So um, he came to this conclusion because he asserted that the North Pole didn't actually exist. Rather, it is a large, warm sea that gradually drips through the outer shell. So it's like the water is like going into from the outer shell to the inner shell. Ah, from the North Pole. Maybe causing some rain. Yeah, stuff like that. I mean, yeah, technically the North Pole is a thing, but what he's saying is, like, it's it's different than how he expected it to look. Mm-hmm. It's not... Right. It's not a big candy cane. Right. As we all previously thought. Yes. <laughs> the UFOs seen by Bird were, as Trench claims, created by superior human beings. These are the Agarthans, <laughs> or the Atlanteans, however you want to say it. Basically, the individuals that inhabit the Hollow Earth. So they're superior Obviously. (laughs) Uh, These humans possess extrasensory abilities like the ability to manipulate psychic phenomena. Again, where have we heard that before? That would be useful. Um, We heard that with lizard people. (gasps) We did. Yeah. (laughs) So, again, spoiler, I'm not going into the, the whole lizard people live in the center of the earth theory but we did talk about lizard people and we are talking about hollow earth and we're starting to see a lot of connections here Mm -hmm. so that's what you do as a conspiracy theorist you make those connections yes you hop in your flarder bluter you turn on your shine down you hang outside of your best friend's ride 
Wait, this went off the rails. And you go right into that Sims hole. (laughs) (laughs) Additionally, they were able to create more technologically advanced tools and machines than we could. Hence, (laughs) the (laughs) flugelrad. Flugelrad. Oh, whatever. (laughs) It's flarger booter. Yeah. (laughs) And, And that is why... That UFO that they'd sent out um, was nearly undetected. I mean, apparently this had happened around the times of the bombings, but it wasn't until Bird and everybody was getting close to Antarctica that they saw and were attacked by the UFOs there. So um, not very many people go to the South Pole or Antarctica or anything like that. So, you know, maybe they don't live to tell the tale. (gasps) But Bird apparently was tasked with a message. He's supposed to bring this message back, essentially. So that's why he got to live. (laughs) Mm, Lucky him. Okay. Are you ready? Another belief of Trench, while not directly derived from the hollow earth theory, was that Adam and Eve were experimental creations of extraterrestrials. Yes. Get it, Trench. Yes. In his book, Sky People, Trench theorizes that Adam and Eve, as well as other characters of the Bible like Noah, originated from Mars. (laughs) Why? (laughs) It's simple. The Garden of Eden, quote, was inconsistent with what was on Earth, end quote. So it had to be on Mars. (laughs) Oh. Like what parts were inconsistent? Just Just in general. You know. Yeah, just in general, the way you describe it would, you know, not be something that we've seen on Earth. Obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Get with it. Um, (laughs) So building on that lizard people kind of um, theory here. That we're not talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Some more evidence. Again, just throwing that out there about how they apparently came from another planet and then they were here in our world and rewriting our history. So, you know, this is just another, just another thing to keep in mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the final person that we're going to talk about um, today is Rodney Clough. Get it, Rodney. Yes. So at this point, we are reaching more of a contemporary version of the Hollow Earth Theory. In 2007, Clough organized an expedition to the Inner Shell. He planned to depart from Russia on an icebreaker ship in search of an opening in the North Pole. Well, we've all made those plans. What year did you say? 2007? Yeah. Huh. Unfortunately, the voyage was canceled due to budgetary reasons. Budgetary (laughs) reasons? What a boring way or reason to have your, your expedition to the Hollow Earth canceled. Get it together, Susan, in accounting. (laughs) Well, it would have cost about 15,000 pounds per person for them to do this. 15,000 pounds of what? (laughs) Of money. (laughs) 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 Oh, so, yeah, it was going to be pretty expensive per person, and um, they just couldn't raise enough funds to go do it, but. Well, how many people did they want to take? Well, I mean, they wanted to take a whole entire icebreaker ship, so enough people to man an icebreaker ship crew, and then the researchers on top of that. So Mm -hmm. who knows? I mean, it can get really out of hand really quick. Despite not being able to go on his journey, Clough continues to speak on the truth. And Clough is also weird. I always always want to say Cliff. Uh (laughs) So he's just like Clough. Is it cleft like a treble clef? No, cluff. C L U F F. Oh, cluff. 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 Yeah. Cluff. Okay. 
So, Clough is a hollow earther who does not subscribe to the flat earth theory and claims they are rejecting evidence. Mm -hmm. There's no irony in that. No. (laughs) That being said, he describes the earth as a donut shape. (laughs) So, depending on how you visualize that, you could end up being both a, well, yeah, both a flat and hollow earther. Oh, I believe that's what you identified as. I did identify as a chocolate donut earther. So, um, we will eventually talk about flat earth, don't you worry. (laughs) But don't think that because we're talking about hollow earth that we don't subscribe to that theory, okay? It can be both. Like RuPaul said, people don't have to be just one thing. Yeah. God bless you, RuPaul. God bless you. (laughs) So imagine if Clef drove a flugelrad. Then it would be like Clef's flugelrad. Hey, whose flugelrad is that? It's Clef's flugelrad. I hate all of this. I just (laughs) – see, this is how you know it's real because it has names that are stupid. (laughs) If it was fake, they would have made up better names. Yeah, right? And that's all the proof I need. Okay. (laughs) Continuing with the modern hollow earth beliefs, Clough explains that there are three substantial entrances to the next shell. They are located at the north and south poles and the Himalayas. And the Himalayas. So Mm -hmm. we see north and south poles are a given. Like, So we definitely have to go there. Then the other places are – although Himalayas are near Tibet – yeah. So that could be. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what everybody was saying. So it's building upon this, um, you know, mm-hmm. Tibet, more specifically the Himalayas. Okay. And then that's all we know. <laughs> so this, I mean, the way that he says it as substantial, this leads me to believe that there are more entr- entrances, but we're unable to access them for whatever reason. Yeah. So these are the ones. substantial ones. These are the big mm-hmm. ones that we can that we can go access. Clough <laughs> mm-hmm. also takes Haley's calculations and claims that the outer shell is closer to 800 miles thick as opposed to 500 miles. The outer shell being like what what noobs call the crust, the Earth's crust? Yeah, the crust and then some of the mantle, I guess. Okay. So, like, the noobs, um, you know, they're... they're um, or a few kilometers between this and the mantle, you know, the mm-hmm. crust and the mantle. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, we're starting to get into 1,800 miles thick for just the mantle. But they're like, no, 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 no. You don't have to go that far. Oh. It's only. Well, that's handy. Yeah. Isn't that nice? But, you know, big um, earth <laughs> will tell you that you can't <laughs> dig that far. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Big science. <laughs> Big science, precious science. <laughs> Big precious um, science. Yeah. <laughs> Once the access points have been breached, Clough explains that the belief of the inner sun and moon are corroborated. So you go through and then you see the sun and the moon. On one side of the inner earth is day and the other is night. So... Um, I believe there's still rotation within, but I, I don't know for sure if that's what he believes. It just said one side's day and one side's night. But I'm assuming it's it's kind of like our Earth where you can stay in one place and it will be day, day and, night. and night for you. Yeah, at different times. <laughs> Even if sometimes it just feels like one long eternal night. 
Ooh. Yeah, hopefully there's no full moon. <laughs> You'd be werewolves for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> so this world is practically paradise, often akin to descriptions of the Garden of Eden. <gasps> oh. Yeah. So how did we get these descriptions? Um, not necessarily the Garden of Eden. We know that's the Bible, but uh, the descriptions of the inner um world. Many have claimed to have actually seen this land, but um, a notable one is Olaf Jensen, a Norwegian sailor. And I did look it up. It starts with a J, and I did have to look up how they pronounce their J's. Um, I'm going to try to start doing that from now on. <laughs> Looking up um, pronunciations. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> anyway, Jensen claimed that he and his father came across this land through a tunnel at the North Pole. So he and his dad were uh, sailing in North Pole, and then they're like, <laughs> That's them going through the, the hole. That reads. Uh-huh. <laughs> in the North Pole. And then uh, they were like, wow, this is so cool. It's like the Garden of Eden. It's paradise. It's beautiful. It's perfect. And further, they also illustrated the inner earth and its inhabitants. Um, so it has 12-foot-tall superhumans. So, again, here's where we're getting another description of these people. And these people are now pretty tall. Because they've been eating their vegetables. Yes, that they definitely have. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's funny because they do say, like, these people never get sick and they live in harmony with, you know, some strange creatures that they've seen there, too. And they talk about how they're just, like, <laughs> they're just doing great down there and, like, everything's perfect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're eating their vegetables. That's what gets them to be 12 feet tall, which is like Shaq and one other Shaq clone. Yeah. That's pretty tall. That's pretty tall. <laughs> it's believed that escaped Nazis and Viking colonies have found their way to this paradise and but, are now part of this colony. But they shouldn't be allowed in. The Nazis shouldn't be allowed into Utopia. I know. I'm upset about it, too. But um, somehow they did get their way down there. Um, and again, if you're subscribing to a lizard people theory, mm, could be part of that. But that could also be why, you know, sometimes people have seen people from inner Earth that aren't 12 feet tall or superhuman or whatever, because various human colonies had gotten in there. So they're not that tall, but... But they're probably Nazis. <laughs> Or Vikings or okay. Atlanteans. All so, right. okay. I mean, not that Vikings are much better, but yeah. I'd still say that they're better than Nazis. I yes. would say most people are better than Nazis. <laughs> it's a brave thing to come out and say, Stacey. I know. I know. I am brave, and we <laughs> should celebrate my bravery. Thank you. <laughs> I love how, like, pretty much every episode, I'm like, you can quote me on this. But it's <laughs> like, Nazis are bad. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't like that Nazis get to be part of this super cool paradise, but it's just part of it. Okay. <laughs> there are other people there, and they may or may not have been, like, infiltrating the, wor- the you know, worlds. I don't know if they're breeding with one, each- one another. I'm not totally sure with that. That, again, is going to go into more sub-theories that we'd have to figure out. So Cliff further elaborates that modern Hollow Earthers agree that those superhumans are the guardians of the planet as described by Bird. So, you know, the fact that they had come up and said, 
we're only interfering now because you guys have found atomic power and we need to shut this shit down. Mm-hmm. That's uh, pretty pretty much the subscribed theory, you know? <laughs> well, that's a persuasive argument. I mean, it all it's all fitting together nicely. There we go. So it's even theorized that these beings are immortal. Part of this comes from the belief that the hollow earth has a perfect climate that allows life on this planet to grow strong and healthy. So they grew really great vegetables and they ate their vegetables. And then now they're shack plus a shack clone, tall and immortal. Oh, that sounds like a nice place. Yeah. So this is kind of what we're seeing with the hollow earth theory is that we can access it. We have accessed it. And down there, it's way better than up here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, because it's. If if your way to get to a place is by sliding down a candy cane pole from the North Pole, then obviously you're going to land in something great. Right. And then, I mean, this is something I was kind of wanting to mention, uh, but I don't know if all of our listeners will have um, watched this movie by this point. But Airbud? Oh, no. Everyone's seen Airbud. <laughs> Um, the Kong vs. Godzilla movie that just came out. Uh-huh. So they actually go to the hollow earth in there. And so, and there are like articles about it. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and in it, they do have the, the, the sun and all of that stuff there too. And they basically like, they fly through or like they kind of like fall through the sky. So like, it's raining, man. <laughs> and then they get, you know, to the, um, it's raining dinosaurs and giant <laughs> It's raining monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like in the movie, like they take like spaceships down and like, follow King Kong into the center of the earth and all of that. Um, it's like, it, it's uh, it's really cool, but um, it's surprising how um, faithful to the hollow earth theory they were. Uh-huh. I just liked that. Maybe there's some it, believers. Maybe they're wrong. So do you think <laughs> earthquakes are just like the, the hollow earth people, the people who live under there, like um, hitting their ceiling with a broom because we were like stomping too loud? And that's what earthquakes are. Yeah, it could be that. It could be maybe some really kick-ass fireworks that they, you know, firework display. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be maybe they're trying to build some stars. I don't know. (laughs) We'll figure it out someday. I'm not quite sure how all that works. But (laughs) so that's that's, um, essentially what modern horrors. So you see how we went from... You know, the very beginning with this with the scientific evidence and all that into what our theories are now and the evidence, the visual evidence that we have. So much evidence. Because eyewitness testimony is the number one evidence for science and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're really mm-hmm. um humans humans are just uh, really accurate and really honest um and perceptive. Mm-hmm. So it's really great that we have so many yeah. of these eyewitness accounts. Right, and that's and that's that's wonderful. And mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, did I even mention that people have drawn pictures about what they've seen there? I mean, you can't make that up. <laughs> but again, the acceptance of the hollow Earth theory lends itself to explanations for many other theories. What's really happening in the Bermuda Triangle? Yes. Hollow Earth interference. Yes. Where did the Loch Ness monster come from, and where did she go? Um, the Hollow Earth. Yes. <laughs> uh, not Cotton Eye Joe. The Hollow Earth. Yeah. Why is my compass acting weird? The hollow Cut Earth. Joe. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> if our planet is hollow and holds all of these secrets, 
then what does that say about other celestial objects like the moon? The moon. Mm. Well, I will tell you all about the moon, Stacy. But before we do that, have you seen the movie? I don't remember what it's called, but John Stewart is in it, and he's my celebrity crush. And he has like a cameo in this movie. And all it is is everything that can be opened. He suggests that you could put your weed in it. So he's always like, oh, you could put your weed in it. <laughs> so I'm just imagining like this hollow earth. You could put your oh. weed in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe that's why it's paradise. There's weed in it. Ah. <laughs> that's where we keep all of our weed. But yeah, I just I had a lot of fun writing this one. And there was a lot of uh, really interesting things and takes. And I liked that uh, you can watch the progression of the hollow earth theory and how it evolved into the modern one. So, well, I love that. Yeah, but now I'm excited to hear about the moon and uh, what's going on with that sketchy character. <laughs> it is a sketchy fucking character, I will tell you that. <laughs> People who understand that the Earth is flat already know what I'm about to tell you. So do the people who understand that the Earth is hollow. So do the people who understand that the Earth is both flat and hollow and will not elaborate. And so does the Zeta Reticuli star system liaison, Nancy Leiter, who has an implant in her brain that can receive messages from extraterrestrials and therefore has information from a primary source. When so many experts in the field of planetary science agree, the details cease to matter. So will this part make sense? Probably not. But when we're done, will you have a better understanding of the Earth's moon? Certainly not. <laughs> All that's important is to know that everything you thought about the moon was wrong. And to paraphrase from the most important documentary of all time, do not try to understand the moon. That's impossible. Instead, only try to realize the truth. There is no moon. You didn't watch The Matrix oh! yet. I can tell by no, your face. Okay, no, because it's Spoon. It's Spoon. That's, I was it like, wait spoon. a minute. It is Spoon. I, like, I don't remember this, <laughs> this documentary. And I was like, that sounds like a Matrix thing, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally on it. You can tell. <laughs> yeah, that all is kicked in. Anyway, um, wow, I can't believe we have primary sources in this episode. <laughs> I know. It's so exciting. I can't wait to hear about this. I'm really excited. So my question for you, Stacey, is what even is the moon? A lie? <laughs> Propaganda? Yeah, well, so you know. But what do people What do people even think that it is? It's like a, um, a rock that um, was put into Earth's or orbit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's the accepted theory of <laughs> so precious science, at least. Right. So it's the most accepted theory, but honestly, they're not they're not like a hundred percent sure this is what happened, but that's just the one they're like, okay, this is what we're gonna run Yeah, I with. mean we weren't there. Um that it I mean nobody, nobody was there, there as far as we know. Yeah, that's I mean that's the truth. And then also, um <laughs> nobody's been to the center of the earth. So again, accepted theories, but not necessarily true. Where's your proof? Right, because their theory is that uh, the moon is a chunk of the Earth because an ancient planet, Theia, smashed into the Earth about 4.5 billion years ago, and Theia became our Earth's core. 
So funny that you mentioned that nobody's been down to the yeah. core because if they had, then they would know whether or not there's a melty planet. In so there. the pl- <laughs> so they <laughs> had the planet crashed into our planet so hard that it uh-huh. created the moon, uh-huh. and 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 then it went to the center of our planet and and was like covered up. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for your skepticism because this theory asks us to believe that by accident, the moon formed to be the exact size to cover the sun in an eclipse. So listen to this. Actual scientist, a real scientist, John Brandenburg, he's a plasma physicist, said that, quote, chances of that occurring are so literally astronomically small that it is very disturbing. Okay, I do have to say, um, I was lucky enough in, was it 2017 or 2016, um, that there was the eclipse in our neck of the woods. And mm-hmm. I did drive an hour and a half to go see, like, the best spot for it. It was the trippiest thing ever. I, um, you know, I, I watched, I had my special glasses on, <laughs> and I watched <laughs> as the moon covered the sun it was a bright sunny day until the moon got in front of it and then it just became dark and it was so unsettling having to see that that darkness and I remember I remember I sat there thinking like how did this become possible what is happening here (laughs) right so did you I didn't even know this but the moon has to be exactly the size that it is and exactly the distance from the sun that it is in order to eclipse it that way. Oh, my gosh. Like, it, not, it can't even be a mile different. Oh. Even though they're so big. Yeah, it has to be exact. And the odds of it occurring like that are a zillion to one. A zillion to one. <laughs> a literal zillion. <laughs> a zillion. Like, that's more listeners than we have. Barely, but Yeah. Uh oh my gosh i mean to be fair there are a lot of things that are like a zillion to one like the fact that our planet happened to be in the exact right spot to harbor life and to let us exist Mm -hmm. and then the fact that we even got here you know one in a zillion chances based on um dna i mean you know, so many people had to be humping. At I the know, right, time the right, right place, place, right time, <laughs> right egg, right sperm, <laughs> whichever one actually made it in. Or you know, if you were grown in a petri mm-hmm. dish, like whatever that would be, <laughs> you know, the odds. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. So what we do know for sure is that the moon turns people into werewolves, which precious precious science can't explain. Exactly. And also that when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon in 1969, he saw sparkly patches of fluorescence that nobody to this day can explain. Oh, what about Buzz Aldrin? He can't explain it either. Oh, I was going to say, maybe we should ask him. <laughs> I know, we should. I'll, when, during my uh, Wednesday evening phone call with Buzz, I'll ask him. <laughs> that's great so the moon also changes color sometimes it's blood red what the fuck is that about that's just that's just to scare us (laughs) right so the story they tell us about the red moon is that earth gets between the sun and the moon but i guess red 
light waves are bendier than other light waves. So they're the only ones that bend around the earth and turn the moon red. But I call that bullshit (laughs) because we've all gotten lost in a murder house after someone cut the power and have had to hide our flashlight beams from psychopathic murderers. Mm -hmm. And if there's one thing we all learned from that experience is that light can't bend around doorways or huge piles of corn dogs or anything. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm so, starting to lose my grip on reality, but I'm totally here for this. Come on in. The water is fine. Yeah. <laughs> my point is that explanation for why the moon turns red doesn't make any sense. Right. And it's definitely not because, um, you know, red light waves are longer than any other, and which would <laughs> make it so that they could be bendier. But no, no, no. This is um, totally fabricated. So far, I'm on board. Good. So my question for you then, is the moon really a huge rock that just happened to form after two planets collided? And it just randomly has sparkly areas that no one can make sense of? And it turns red because of bendy light? No. No. No, Stacy. The moon (laughs) is an illusion. 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 Wait, so you mean after all of these weekly phone calls with Buzz, he never (laughs) mentioned the moon was an illusion? Or did he? And this is why you know. Uh, No, it hasn't come up. We don't tend, you know, like, you don't want to, like, always talk about work. Yeah. So, yeah. Buzz and I usually talk about recipes and puppies. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds lovely. Um, But I guess, you know, since we are working, we should talk about the moon. We should. So, do you remember um, how the Earth is hollow? I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. It was not long ago that we discussed this. <laughs> I do remember. <laughs> so, you briefly mentioned Cyrus Teed, who famously mm-hmm. Uno reversed Sims's theories mm-hmm. to state that we're on the in one of the inner shells of the Russian nesting chocolate Easter bunnies that we <laughs> affectionately call Earth. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, if we're on the inner shell. And we're basically encased. Listeners, you can't tell. I'm doing hand gestures that are really useful. I believe. Yeah. You know what? We'll uh we'll we'll make a video later. <laughs> yeah, or maybe an infographic. We could do a oh. story where we yeah. just do this. <laughs> and be like, listen to our episode. <laughs> I love it. I love yes. it. Okay, so we're we're encased. Um, by another shell. So think of like the Truman Show, if you guys did ever saw that. Yes, is, I have. It's a great movie. It is. Um, except we're also upside down. So our heads are pointing towards the center of the bunny. Oh, okay. And then in the center of the bunny is a dangling sun, and it somehow doesn't melt the chocolate. Why? Well, because the Earth isn't made of chocolate. That's just an analogy that got away from me. Oh. And also... Because the sun that we see isn't really the sun at all. The real sun is an electromagnetic battery. I'm not sure exactly where it is in the model. It might be in the middle. I don't know. But what we see when we stare directly at it during an eclipse like a dumbass isn't the battery (laughs) itself. Or like a president. (laughs) Wait, that's the same thing. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) Nice. So, but when we do that, we're not staring at the actual battery. We're staring at rays from the battery that have focalized from refraction, which is bendy light. Shoot. (laughs) But it makes sense here 
It doesn't make sense for the blood moon. Just trust me on that. I trust you with everything. Thank you. <laughs> There's more about the sun, but we're not here to talk about the sun, Stacey. No, we are not. <laughs> I don't know why you keep coming for me. <laughs> I'm the one that's <laughs> disagreeing with you, Rachel. <laughs> I don't know. You're just kind of like the stand-in for that's fine. even though you're not a naysayer. It's fine. I'll I'll pretend. Oh, you are not making sense. <laughs> oh, how dare you, Stacy? Oh. <laughs> I also liked your gestures there too. Oops, I hit my microphone just oh. <laughs> So the sun talk was just background to explain that the moon is another one of these focalizations, but so from the sun battery, but it's more like an X-ray image of the Earth's crust. So oh. instead of the electromagnetic sun battery bending light to form what we see as the sun, in the moon's case, the light is going through the Earth and then showing like an X-ray image of what it passed through. Oh, Okay. Oh, but this doesn't make sense, you might say. And what about Copernicus? Shut up. I say Copernicus Schmopernicus. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Shut up. (laughs) So the moon is an illusion. And according to Cyrus Teed, there's nothing sinister about it. It's just how things turned out because of optics. No, I have a really great um, segue. Oh, I can't wait. So because of optics, which according to Wikipedia is an important research area in modern physics. Physicists refer to optics as the study of light. But optics is also an important area in the media. (laughs) When you hear pundits talk about optics, they mean how the public understands a situation after hearing it from the media or from the government Mm. or from the alien overlords whose planet is going to come into orbit and pull Earth off of its axis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Therefore, sometimes the best optics are no optics at all. Sometimes the best thing to do is to keep information from the masses because I'll let you in on a little secret. Okay. The elite behind the New World Order know about this planet and are preparing for its inevitable apocalyptic arrival, but they can't let us poor masses know about it, so they have to keep the planet hidden. Oh, this makes too much sense. So, Stacey, mm-hmm. if you had, if you were tasked, if it was your job mm-hmm. to hide a humongous planet mm-hmm. from all the people on, like, another planet... Mm-hmm. What would your solution be? Well, first of all, nobody would task me with that because I haven't been <laughs> in, uh, inducted into any secret societies because I'm really bad at keeping secrets, apparently. <laughs> so there's that. Um, but okay. if, I, if I had to do that, um, oh, man, I don't know. I would definitely be working with other people <laughs> to understand more <laughs> about these things than I do. But uh, maybe uh, try and throw them off the trail somehow maybe a diversion mm-hmm. so yeah you could distract them or you could project a huge moon over the space where they would see the planet <laughs> uh-huh that yeah i'm okay so i i 
couldn't have thought about that. And it's a little bit uh-huh. um, hard for me to um, to visualize this because um, I'm not quite sure from what angle these uh, aliens are coming. So I I wouldn't think um, to put a, a moon that that circles the Earth um, there. So do you have any explanation on that? Yeah. Well, so just remember that um, the precious science like uh, states that the moon orbits along with the Earth. So that's why we only ever see one side of it is because, um, and another really like zillion to one odds are we happen to spin at the same rate and um, we're orbiting at, and spinning at the same uh, cycle as the moon. And so we only ever see one side. So as long as they put uh, the real, like the illusionary moon, they just need to put it in like a specific area and keep it projected where the planet is, basically. So, like, are there multiple moons being projected at once, or no? Okay, no, we just need the one. Okay. I mean, sometimes they might mess up a little bit, which is why sometimes the moon looks funky because they're they're messing up mm-hmm. um, the projection, you know. But yeah, it's just it's just one. <laughs> so okay. let me tell you about this planet. And how we know of its existence and then why the elite would need to craft this fake moon to cover it up. Sure. Okay. Enter Zechariah. Nope. I think it's Zakaria. Uh, Zakaria Sitchin. Does that name sound familiar to you at all? No. But I, I do uh, sometimes call Zach Zachariah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Even though well, it's Zachary. Um, I have a friend named Zach, and I, I do love to pun with his name <laughs> a lot. It's very fun. <laughs> but this is Zek, Zakaria. So it's Z-E-C-H. Oh, that's cool. Zakaria. That sounds fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he lived from 1920 to 2010, and he was an economics major and then got his degree in economics. And according to himself, quote, one of few scholars able to read and interpret ancient Sumerian and Akkadian clay tablets. Ooh, look at him. He's so fancy. <laughs> so self-appointed genius. <laughs> <laughs> so after studying the iconography, symbolism, and language of ancient Mesopotamia, the self-taught linguist realized that there is a reason why Mesopotamia became so, to put it academically, badass. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, your how do you how's your Mesopotamia knowledge? Uh, rusty for sure. Okay. Um, I do know that uh, there was a lot of water and that they would use mud for things. <laughs> right. And it's also, they're considered the cradle of civilization because mm-hmm. that's where lots of cool things started. Yes. Including agriculture, which is huge. Yeah. And writing, which is bigger. And cities. Water ducks, right? I think, yeah. yeah. Aqueducts. Uh-huh. Aqueducts. And the fucking wheel, Stacy. the wheel. The fucking wheel. Guys, everybody wants to talk about the wheel and how great of an invention that was. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about it some more and how <laughs> awesome Mesopotamia is. Okay. Let's just take a moment to appreciate Mesopotamia. Good job. That was amazing. Good job, Mesopotamia. Yay. <laughs> but let's also raise a big middle finger to the ancient Mesopotamians <laughs> okay. because they're the ones who started math. 
Oh, guys. See, that's why I made sure to interject at one point so that before it got bad <laughs> so that we could give them props. But now they've given us math and we have to <laughs> resend uh, just a couple of those claps. <laughs> yeah, just a couple. So you had mentioned the water and most scientists and social scientists claim that Mesopotamia became what it was because of like rivers and other geographical features. Well, yeah, I mean, because a lot of uh, people would go to water because water is essential for us and we need it for a lot of things. And so um, that's where a lot of uh, cities would pop up. Or. <laughs> no, uh, but come on. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe <laughs> there's yeah, another so reason. <laughs> See, I'm trying to be the naysayer. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a little too a little too good. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so uh, oh, because you put the the rivers and we need water for whatever reason and then people would populate <laughs> yeah. around that area. Which, yeah. Better. Okay. Yeah, because like rivers will help you like build a wheel. Because you need wheel you need a wheel in a river. Yeah. That's Dumb. Like, like, what do you need math for to like calculate the velocity of a duck? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do need a duck to to determine if uh, somebody's a witch. <laughs> oh, to see if it floats. Yeah, wait, the duck. Wait, <laughs> do they weigh the same as the duck? No, wait. If they float, <laughs> butchered bits. Brought to you by Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> so all of these things obviously don't make any sense when you put it that way right so let's see what sitchin has to say it's aliens stacy aliens oh, my favorite within our so same solar system there is a planet called nibiru because it has a long elliptical orbit not short and round like the rest of the planets in our solar system so it's long and like oval oh nibiru only passes through the inner part near us about every 3,600 years. So remember, uh, Sitchin figured all this out from reading Mesopotamian. I, I'm going to call them text, but not like, you know, all that stuff. Anyways, okay. okay. So Nibiru is awesome. It's inhabited uh, by really a, an advanced civilization called the Anunnaki. And they were very tall and um, just brilliant. On, the, on this planet? On this planet, okay. um, Nibiru. So they landed in Sumeria, which was in the southern tip of Mesopotamia, modern-day Iraq, to grow all the really good shit that they couldn't grow on their home planet. So that's how agriculture started, because of these aliens. Oh. Not because of two rivers happened to intersect in the area and create a lush and fertile landscape while also giving access to multiple regions. Right. Because, I mean, it, it happened in an area that was not dominated by white people, so. <laughs> I know. So it's got to be aliens. Shoot. I hate when this happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So aside from growing stuff, the Anunnaki were also here to search for gold. Of course. Of course, everybody wants our precious gold. Yeah, and also remember, this is about 450,000 years ago. So now I'm not an economics major, so I can't figure out the point at which humans were in the evolution chain. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to assume it was Homo erectus because that's 
the most the fun funniest? one to say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wait, so, why would you have to be an e- economics major to know? Because I was making a joke about Zakaria um, <laughs> Z- Sitchin was an economics major, but then he's also oh, like, I'm an ancient Sumerian that master. That went over my like, head because I forgot that you said that. <laughs> that's okay. I'm sure most of our listeners did too. So. Uh, jokes are way funnier when them. you explain them. I think so. <laughs> okay, but I love that. I <laughs> It's actually really funny now. (laughs) I'm going to say that all the time. I'm not an economics major, but. (laughs) So, um, uh, Homo erectus, and then to speed up the evolution, the Anunnaki injected the Homo erectus with their own DNA. So... Okay. <laughs> Usually it's the erectus that injects the DNA, but this time it was the Anunnaki. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I have pause for laughter written in my notes. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I have pause for us making weird faces when we say these things written in mine. <laughs> or when you say things like holes. Like, you know I'm going to laugh. Like I Sims know, holes. I'm sorry. I know what's wrong with me. I knew it. I I seriously, as I was writing it down, I was like, I have to make a note in here because I know Rachel's gonna laugh. <laughs> I am a child. I am to be so fair. Immature. To be fair, you are a middle school teacher, so I fit right in. Yeah, it's not your fault. It's just the kind of humor in the workplace <laughs> with your colleagues. <laughs> Okay, so uh, back to these the Anunnaki. They crossbred with the Homo erectus and created Homo sapiens, who are now capable of doing all that Mesopotamia stuff that we talked about earlier. Um, does this sound familiar at all to you? It does. It kind of reminds me of lizard people. Lizard people, for sure. And you can bet your ass that David Icky Ike was uh, making some connections here too. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to watch his YouTube channel on it because I don't want to give him any traffic, but... Yeah, he sucks. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> so, big surprise. This story does get a little convoluted. <gasps> and, um... <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, but there are similarities like we said to the lizard people and the Anunnaki with the hybrid thing and the gold thing. Remember, mm-hmm. like going after the gold. And then also that similarly, the the faction of Anunnaki here on Earth were a little bit separate from the ones who stayed on their home planet, like different um, socioeconomic levels. They weren't as high up. So uh, that's just kind of what we'll need to know. Okay. I'll also just remind you that the orbit means it only passes through our inner solar system every 3,600 years. 3,600. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there could be – Is that be, coming up? Nay. <laughs> There, well, yes. Okay. But there, there are some inhabitants on that planet who are still in contact with the alien elites who live among us. Oh, okay. So are, are those hybrids or are they actual aliens? Yes. <laughs> Probably both. Combination okay. Oh, okay. Both. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> there's um, – like, well, like the lizard people. So mm-hmm. there's uh, some straight-up Anunnaki, but then there's also some hybrids. And, you know, there's this chosen elite who make up the New World Order. Okay. Um, or who are going to bring that about. They're also in contact. So the, 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 
<laughs> extraterrestrials on the planet Nibiru are also in contact with a woman named Nancy Leiter. And Nancy is the reason we know the truth about the motive for projecting a fake moon over the area to hide to hide the planet. Okay. okay. Is Nancy still so alive? She is. Okay. She's garbage. She's a garbage human being. A lot, um, sadly, a lot of people who um, bring us truth have other areas <laughs> in their life that make them garbage. But, oh, man. Okay. So one day, <laughs> Nancy Leiter rummaged through a pile of Starburst candies, and ew, one of them was naked, and it had no wrapper on it. And I think it's so gross. <gasps> yeah, I can't stand it. Oh, when you dig into a candy bowl, and, like, one of the candies is, doesn't have a wrapper Mm-mm. on, I hate Mm-mm. it. No, thank you. No? Thank you. So this, but this naked starburst made everything click for her. And she knew then and there that she had an implant in her brain and that she was being contacted by Zeta Reticuli, which are extraterrestrials from outside our solar system. System. Somehow this gross wrapperless starburst was their secret code that she was now their official spokesperson. What? Oh my god, no. Is that a little are we tiptoeing towards the pale? Uh, no, because this is fake belief and we totally <laughs> believe in all this stuff and it makes too much sense. I oh gosh. <laughs> but Rachel, what do the Zeta reticuli have to do with the Anunnaki? It's tomato tomato, my friend. <laughs> Although Sitchin denied it until he died, according to Leiter, who is the one who's actually talking to the alien, so obviously she should know, Nibiru is the same planet uh, from the Zeta Reticuli system that she knows about, even though Zakaria was like, no, she was like, yes, and its inhabitants (laughs) are telling her what's up. Okay. And what's up is apocalypse. Oh, not again. Okay, so... Leiter did some real piece of shit stuff when she went on to K-Rock, which uh, was the radio station I listened to as a youth. I think she's a piece of shit human being, so I'm not going to talk about her and the shitty stuff that she said and the shitty stuff that she said she did that ought to have landed her in jail if it was true. Oh, my God. I'll just say that the Anunnaki are telling her that their planet is going to swing by our inner solar system and either crash into ours – (laughs) Or just force it to shift on its axis due to the proximity of its gravitational force, which would cause a polar shift. So, like, it's not their fault that they're going to – Well, no. It's not – that's just probably going to happen. But um, some people know how to just, like, hop on the planet without getting hurt and some people don't. (laughs) All right. This uh, whole event is known as Nibiru Cataclysm. And get your affairs in order because it is slated to occur in May of 2003. Oh, no. <laughs> I I didn't get my affairs in order. <laughs> I was like eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, clearly it didn't happen then. There were some things. It's still, it's still in the cards, though, okay? So when it didn't happen, she was like, Oh, well, they originally told me that just to, like, uh, test you guys or to – I don't remember her excuse, Oh, yeah, but. that's what it is. Oh, I was just testing you. <laughs> yeah, and then she's like, clearly they're not going to actually tell us the date. 
<laughs> Obviously, you dummies. <laughs> You're the stupid ones. <laughs> <laughs> but it is definitely going to happen. Oh, yeah. So for, for more information on that, you can look up um, Nibiru Cataclysm, and that'll tell you all about this. What the elite on our planet already know, and that's why they're building those bunkers beneath the Denver airport. Okay. So they know that, and also um, Nibiru would be visible to us by now if it were within our inner solar system. Wait, I mean, wait, wait, because since it's already within our (laughs) inner solar system, it should be visible to us. Okay, yes. It's already in our solar system. We should be able to see it. But if all 8 billion of us saw our impending doom in the night sky just floating there like a menacing fart, (laughs) panic (laughs) would ensue. And the elite. Or a lot of giggling. (laughs) The phrase menacing fart. (laughs) Like a visible menacing fart. (laughs) So it, but. The elite wouldn't be able to control us if we knew that it was there. So here is where it gets to the moon part. Oh, finally. (laughs) We have a Matthew Rogers to thank for figuring this out. And for clarity's sake, I'll be referring to him as Mr. Rogers. That way we don't get him confused with any famous Matthews like Matt Groening or the Apostle Matthew. (laughs) That's the name Matthew Broderick when you first started saying it. (laughs) Right? So, Mr. Rogers. Yeah, Mr. Rogers well. is definitely <laughs> different. Makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. So, does this guy wear a lot of sweaters? Sure, he sure okay. does. All right. Yeah. Um, he constantly talks about how beautiful the day is. <laughs> he likes puppets. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Everybody loves puppets. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So, Mr. Rogers recognized all the weird stuff about the moon. That we talked about mm-hmm. in the opening that Precious Science doesn't have an answer to. And then he pieced together all of this information from Sitchin and Lighter. So you could say it was a Lighter and Sitchin stitching situation. Ooh, you, you could. could. say that if you wanted to. Well, if you wanted to, you have to. Good. <laughs> you could say it. <laughs> so Mr. Rogers spends a lot of time studying this guy. And you can, too, by watching his absolutely amazing YouTube channel, The Stargazer's Lounge. Yes. Oh, that sounds so cool. Oh, hundreds. He has hundreds of videos. The Stargazer's Lounge. I want to go to a lounge for stargazers. That sounds so fun. It's on YouTube. The internet's magic. Thanks, Al Gore. (laughs) So (laughs) despite also not having a degree in economics, Mr. Rogers realized that the moon is really just a beam of light. And by studying it from different angles – He was also able to detect that the sky itself is completely manufactured. Oh. Whatever is really up there is being sprayed over by the elites. In fact, he says that the pattern of spraying is so blatantly obvious that they're hiding something. It's so blatantly obvious? So, like, it kind of reminds me of the – of the background of the Heaven's Gate website. That's just like the repeating star <laughs> image. Like yeah. over and over again. That's why he says, like, if you record images of the sky from like different areas and compare them as he has done, <laughs> that you'll just this blatantly obvious pattern of spraying. Okay. So clearly they're hiding sure. something from us. And that something is the planet Nibiru. 
that in a matter of negative 18 years will destroy the earth as we know it. Negative 18. Oh, no. <laughs> That's so close. <laughs> so close. <laughs> okay. So to recap. Okay. What I'm telling you is that a long time ago, aliens fucked humans so they could be better gold miners and that allowed us to invent agriculture and math. And then some of the aliens keep in touch and have a great summer back to their home planet, which is slated to return any minute now. The return of this planet will destroy Earth. But the elites behind the New World Order need to keep that from us, so they have sprayed the sky over and projected a big image of a moon to hide the approaching planet. The bottom line is, the moon isn't real. You don't have to understand it. You just have to believe it. It makes too much sense. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got for the moon. Okay, and, and so they started doing this Way back in ancient Mesopotamian times and before. 450,000 years ago. Oh, okay. okay. Sure. <laughs> it's when they were fucking the humans. Okay. So it was it was during that time that they invented the moon? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. That happened. So the moon, what was the timeline on that? That didn't happen till later because there's there actually are um, – like ancient texts that refer to a time before the moon, like when there wasn't a moon. So there, we didn't always have a moon. And then there's like we'll we'll be coming back to more theories about the moon <laughs> um, and what it could be. But for now, we don't need to know whether or not there ever was one, or if there was something up there, what it was for real. Oh yeah, we don't need to. What know What we that. do need to know is that right now it's just a projection. Okay, okay. So we don't need to know anything about the moon beforehand, but we need to know right now that it's not real. Okay, yes. great. And then, yes. um, yeah. So there are a bunch of um, theories like that. Um, I mean, obviously, everybody knows the the moon landing being faked. Um, which I don't mm-hmm. think that's one that we're going to cover because that's like common knowledge at this point. Everybody knows it. <laughs> right. And I don't want Buzz to get mad at me. Right. I we're think besties. he's the guy who punched somebody, wasn't he? <laughs> I believe it was Buzz Aldrin. I didn't know that. I I don't want to be putting like uh, fists on his hands, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure somebody like accused him or or like shared that theory with him and he was just like, Fuck you and like punched him. He didn't say fuck you. That's what never. No, not our buzz. Not our buzz. I would love to meet Buzz Aldrin one day for how often we talk about him. But he probably would not want to meet us. (laughs) He'd be like, like, I would have punched you gals in the face too. (laughs) Stop talking about my precious moon. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's oh, it's so funny. I love this theory. I mean, I loved it more before I found out about the horrible people attached. Same with lizard people, yeah. but I still love yeah. it. I do love though. Like it feels like like there's a multiverse within these theories. Like a lot of them are connected. A lot of the things that we talk about, they all intertwine mm-hmm. with one another. Mm-hmm. It is really cool and. You can kind of see how people can put things together and then especially like these patterns of of human thought. So it's – I don't know. It's a really cool um, study. Yeah. I mean because also it's like, you know, if you 
believe in this one thing. Like you have to already accept this one truth, no matter how Mm -hmm. like unbelievable it seems to get to some of the others. Like, you know, you have to accept that there are aliens to accept a bunch of these other ones. That's why I love going back to the alien thing. <laughs> I love that everything is connected to aliens. It just It's so funny. It, it just I love it. I can't wait to hear more theories about uh, the moon <laughs> and what it could be uh-huh. and, and what's going on with it. <laughs> Next, though, is our Halloween episode. I know. I'm super duper excited. I'm excited, too. And listeners... I have to tell you, we've got a lot of great things in store, so make sure you're looking out for this one. It's going to be a doozy of an episode. Uh, We actually Mm -hmm. planned something out. Can you believe that? (laughs) (laughs) We did it, guys. (laughs) Stacey did have to take a break to take Adderall as we were planning it out. Oh, yeah. It got got, um, quite intense, but we did plan it, and it's going to work out, and it's going to be just fine. (laughs) I have more Adderall where that came from. Don't you worry. (laughs) so um make sure you're looking out for us let us know if you're dressing up this year and what you're gonna go as um especially if it has anything to do with any of our cryptids or um conspiracies or anything if it's cultish i mean you could tell us but we probably won't (laughs) condone that um but but for sure anything else like just let us know we'd love to see all of that that'd be so fun um also if you guys are carving any fun pumpkins please make sure uh to tag us um in anything Mm -hmm. if it's um conspiracy cryptid cult related all that good stuff we'd love to see those things um halloween is kind of our jam (laughs) yeah do you i forget the name of the the shark head octopus body cryptid oh um luska Luska, Luska, yeah. If you want to dress as Luska, the shark octopus hybrid, or if you want to carve a pumpkin like that, they're all oh, be cool. Anything really. <laughs> we amazing. love all of our cryptids. I think like the only ones that we were really uncomfortable with was like the Wendigo, <laughs> and um, oh, I think that's really it. Because the rest of them just seemed like a lot of fun, and we were like, oh, all the time. <laughs> Or at least I yeah, was. Especially Jake the Alligator Man. You guys should dress up like Jake the Alligator Man, especially our Northwest listeners. In drag. Yes. yes. Oh, my gosh. I love this. So, um, yeah, any anything that you guys have, anything that you um, are dressing up as, we'd love to see it. Um, our link tree is in the description. That's where we have everything that you would need to find us. Um, so all of our socials, our website, everything, any anywhere that you want to listen to us, all of that good stuff, that's all in our link tree. So make sure you click on that um, so that you know who to tag and you know where to go. And remember that all of this is 100% real and 100% fake believe. This episode was brought to you by... Stacy and Rachel because we bring every episode to you by ourselves. And while the moon doesn't exist, algorithms do. Thanks, Mesopotamia. And it would really help out our algorithms if you left a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Or to your neighbor. Review us to your neighbor. If you like your neighbor. Or if your neighbor is Buzz Aldrin. <laughs>